0: Today, I am so happy to welcome Dr. Renee Wellenstein to the PCUS Diva podcast. She is a double board certified doctor who's been working with women for over 20 years. And due to her own personal health challenges, she stepped outside the box of conventional medicine to take a radically different approach to heal herself from the deep depths of burnout. And Now, Dr. Renee empowers women to take control of their health, jumpstart their energy, improve their confidence, and reignite their libido. And I'm so glad that you're here today, Dr. Renee, because I am definitely experiencing some burnout. Uh, We're recording this in like mid to end of June. And as a lot of mothers, this time of year is just crazy with end of school stuff and um, I have family birthdays and Father's Day, and I am feeling really depleted and burnt out. So I'm excited to um, hear some of your tips and um, just really glad that you're here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And you are describe yourself as a libidoologist, which I love that term. And I'd love for you to just share a little bit more about the work that you do um, Around helping women that are in sort of burnout and are feeling um depleted, and especially their their libidos feeling
1: depleted. Yeah, well, libidoology, you know, that's a completely made-up word, and it's my title, mm-hmm. libidoologist, because I'm always for the past 20 years, I've been I've been taking care of women, I've been studying libido and low libido because as an OBGYN, it was something women would come to me with the complaint of ranging in age from twenties, all the way up to fifties. And what was interesting is back in the day of just practicing conventional OBGYN, there wasn't really anything FDA approved for women with low libido. And that's how I was trained. I was trained to, you know, okay, woman comes in with low libido. What drug can I give her to quote unquote fix it? And, you know, back in the day, there was this hormone replacement that was including an oral, not only an oral estrogen, which really can harm your liver, but our oral testosterone, which, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I used to prescribe that, but that was all I had in my toolbox. And quite frankly, back then, you know, I would observe these women and and it wasn't one demographic of women. It it was, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, all different shapes and sizes and, and medical conditions. And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? But we are taught to think it's testosterone because that is what drives a man's sexual desire. So of course we think, okay, you know, men, women, you know, how different are we? It must be testosterone. And what I've come to, to realize over these 20 years in studying libido, it is not only testosterone. So, you know, it, back then I, I used what I could, could use, and I honestly avoided the topic. So if you're going to your doctor with low libido and they're kind of shrugging their shoulders and saying, I don't know what to do they're probably telling the truth because there's not a whole lot out there. I think there may be a new drug out there right now for low libido in women. But what I have found in studying women is it's, it's complex. We are complex. You know, we, our hormones are complex and we're just, we're so much more than estrogen, progesterone, and the little bit of testosterone we, we make. So when I went into functional medicine, which is my journey to functional medicine was based on my inability to get correctly diagnosed with with adrenal dysfunction, you know, also known as really significant burnout after a back injury. And when I found functional medicine, I couldn't believe that I had never heard of this type of medicine after practicing for over 15 years in the conventional world. And I had gotten so low down deep, you know, I was rock bottom essentially with my own physical and mental health to the point where I actually considered no longer living because of my symptoms and no one could really figure out what was going on. And I had been misdiagnosed with, with misdiagnosed with depression and failed two different antidepressants. And that's when I knew that, you know, when I found functional medicine and there was a different way of getting healthy and a, a natural way that basically anyone could do, I knew I had to get further training on this and actually help women get healthy this way. So, you know, having gone now to the functional medicine side, I look at the woman as the complete picture of everything that's going on. And we don't just cherry pick, you know, libido must be testosterone, give her testosterone kind of thing. And so, you know, what I found with past what seven plus years in functional medicine is that there is a lot that goes into libido in women. And again, it's not just necessarily always hormonal, but the interesting thing is it may have a hormonal component, but there are generally more than one component to that low libido.
0: Mm. You know, it's interesting that you, you talk about like adding testosterone for women with libido problems, that that was kind of the way that it was done. But as the women that are listening to this podcast, you know, they're already dealing with elevated levels of testosterone. And I can't imagine what that would do, you know, probably adding more fuel to the fire for women with PCOS. How would you approach um helping women with PCOS with their burnout and um low libido. I think it's it's great to kind of give women sort of a viewpoint of how a functional practitioner would go about sort of assessing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's we have many hormones that play into the libido aside from again testosterone. Uh it's, you know, estrogen, progesterone, obviously with PCOS there's an imbalance there which is Clear that you know when we are more you know it's, it's generally a picture of estrogen dominance versus you know a lower progesterone and a lot of women when we're we're painting that picture of estrogen dominance we're feeling you know we're not really feeling comfortable in our skin we're feeling more irritable more moody of course you know so that plays a a, a huge part um, and then you know we also have the insulin issue and glucose issue and mm-hmm. you know once I, I find that women that have PCOS you know I wouldn't and I used to address it with testosterone. I no longer really go right to testosterone. Quite frankly, I look at the female hormones first and foremost, as well as other hormones like cortisol, which is our stress hormone like insulin, because even aside from PCOS, there are many women out there that have insulin resistance and, you know, simple dietary measures. And again, I always say simple, they're simple, but they're not easy. You know, they are lifestyle changes to try to kick those convenient foods out of your life as much as possible. You know, the added sugars becoming aware of what you're actually putting into your body. And, it, and again, when you are suffering from burnout and I can speak from this perspective, because that was me as well. I was exhausted, you know, like you, Amy, you know, we're trying to do it all. We're, we're moms, you know, we're juggling the currently the virtual schooling. Actually it's almost done. Thank goodness. But uh, you know, potentially significant others or spouses that work outside the home. We're trying to balance a job and groceries and meals and all the things, you know, it really at the, at the expense of our own self-care. And I found over the past year, especially with women that our self-care has really taken a backseat to everybody else's care. And in a, in a time of the past year that life was supposed, I thought was going to get a little bit slower because we took out a lot of the unnecessary activity, like, going to the grocery store seven times a week and, and running to the mall to do shopping that we probably don't even need to do, you know, we're more at home. But what I found is that women actually started crowding their lives with other things. And that usually involved taking care of others, including the children. And, you know, I've never seen it so low that women really have lost themselves and, mm-hmm. and taking care of themselves. And they're waking up after this year long pandemic not even being able to wake up in the morning. They're exhausted. You know, they're fatigued throughout the day, which, you know, we know what that does that leads to us choosing those foods that are not so healthy because they're convenient. They're easy. Back when I was suffering from burnout and I have periodically over the past, you know, seven years since my own diagnosis felt when I was going back down again, because I start doing that same thing of, Oh my goodness, I'm so tired. I don't even feel like making a salad. I'd rather just go open the cabinet and grab the chips. And that's very real. And that those chips are not only convenient food to sort of fill your belly with something. It's not necessarily quality food, but it actually essentially, you know, is giving you sometimes the salts that you're craving and the sugar for a little bit of energy um, that is going to get you through the next hour or two until you get your next craving for something sugary or, you know, living on coffee all day to get through the day. And so, you know, when I'm looking at a woman with low libido, you know, PCOS um, burnout, you know, we really have to sort of come back to the awareness key of, of really where have we lost ourselves? What is stressing us out? Because I see a lot of women out there running around. I'm stressed. I'm stressed about what, you know, what is it and what can we start saying no to? What can Mm -hmm. we start or help to do, doing. You know, at the end of the day, we don't get a trophy for being super mom or super woman. You know, in our minds, we might, but everyone else around us is like, oh, good job. She can handle it all. Well, let's just keep her handling everything and, and not helping. And we're falling into bed every night. And obviously, we know what that does to our libido or our sexual desire because we're exhausted. We barely have energy to put one foot in front of the other, let alone be intimate. And you know, arousal for women does take a little more energy. We, we definitely, you know, there is this teeter totter with oxytocin, which is our cuddle hormone or love hormone. And when our cortisol is high, which is our stress hormone, our, our oxytocin is low. So you know, we, we can't be in our heads and stressed about what we're doing next and who's going to, you know, what we're making for dinner and what we need to get from the grocery store and what we have to do for work and thinking about being intimate. They just, it just doesn't go together. And we really, you know, by asking for that help, by asking for, you know, whether it be the kids to help her out around the house or the, you know, our husbands or seeing the others, you know, just taking that extra little thing off of our plates will actually help you know potentially alleviate some of the stress in, in your day-to-day life. So just again, asking for help, not overscheduling yourself, you know, setting boundaries because once again, when we took out that self-care and, and all of the extra stuff over the past year, again, we filled it in with a lot of things that are not serving us. Mm. Well, I
0: love how you illustrate that there there that you are the magic pill. That's what I I love to to say because there really is no pharmaceutical pill to you know increase your libido that you have to make these changes yourself of you know overscheduling I um I have two like non-negotiables that really help me and I you know when I was feeling so depleted last night I got myself to bed at eight 15. I know that sounds like ridiculously early, but for me, sleep is what replenishes me. So, you know, I was up at five 30 um, and then I went to my workout and I do a workout um, at the gym, like three days a week. And that really helps to ground me and it gives me the energy that I need to like get through, through my week. And my kids and my husband know that, you know, mom goes to bed early and she's not going to miss those three workouts. And it really is about setting those boundaries um, and figuring out what it is that replenishes you. Um, I'd love to know for you, Dr. Renee, like what, what's your non-negotiable, what, what replenishes you.
1: I'm the same way my morning workout. Um, You know, I, I honestly, it, 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 I get up before the kids during the school year. And again, that was very variable this past year um, Mm -hmm. as far as where they're going to go is for, you know, home or school. And I really need a solid in an hour, at least just to sort of wake up myself, you know, hopefully get my workout in. um, And I'm just like you, you know, that really gives me my time for waking up, setting my intentions for the day, getting my body moving you know getting my water and my hydration up from being dehydrated all night and then i i'm in much i'm a much better mom much better mindset to deal with you know potentially fighting teenagers coming down the stairs or oh my gosh you know we yeah. have this test and forgot about it so i found there's a definite discord between how I react to situations in the house. If I do not get a little bit of movement in my body and a little bit of me time before I have to challenge, you know, take on the challenge of, of mom and for the day. So I'm just like you, I I definitely prioritize moving my body some way, um, you know, and, and a little bit of quiet time alone time before the world wakes up.
0: Yeah. I think that alone time is really important, especially if like you're like me and you tend to be a little introverted and introverted, meaning like you derive your energy from that alone time. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to just unplug and, um, from the chaos of it all at home, I think. Um, and the other thing that you mentioned was hydration. And I was just going to share that I have found adding electrolytes, to my water in the morning has really improved my energy levels through the day. Um, and that's kind of, that, that's something that, you know,
1: it's in my like burnout toolbox as well. Yep. yep. And an easy fix for your audience. If they don't want to invest in electrolytes, because I'm used to also working with women that are, you know, if they invest in, in functional medicine care, you know, we try to cut costs in other places. And one easy, Thing that they can do today is just add a little pinch of sea salt to your morning water. Um, that will definitely help replete some electrolytes. Again, it's not as, as great as some of the ones that are out there now, but it definitely will give you a little bit of a boost in the morning and allow your body to hold on to some of that water. Not just because a lot of women that are burned out are deplete in electrolytes. So that will definitely allow them. And again, just a pinch <laughs> pinch goes a long way. You don't want it to the point where it tastes salty because then you might throw up. So just a little pinch of salt, and you can actually repeat that throughout the day. I also love a little pitch of salt. If you're a coffee drinker in my, in my coffee. Oh beverage. yeah. yeah. It, it, it's wonderful.
0: Um, so I wanted to just, um, dig a little deeper on that cortisol oxytocin connection. Cause I do think that that is a major issue for women with PCOS. Um, you know, the studies show have shown that we have, um, more elevated cortisol than, mm-hmm. you know, our non PCOS counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found working with women that they often have that like inverse cortisol curve, um, mm-hmm. that you can find like on that, like a saliva four point saliva test. Maybe you could talk about that. Um, but they have a really hard time getting up in the morning because the, their cortisol is low. Um, but then it becomes elevated throughout the day when it should be Mm -hmm. decreasing.
1: And then you're like tired, but wired. Mm -hmm. That was me. Exactly. And, you know, as we're, you know, I was thinking about this, when we're talking about our morning routines, you know, you and I have we're at a different part of our life. You know, we may have weathered burnout, which I know I did personally. And I think, you know, both as moms, we kind of go up and down and we rescue ourselves before we get to those deep depths of of burnout, you know, that we can't get out of bed, but you know, having that morning routine, it is something you definitely work towards because as a mom who, and again, I was one of those that had the low morning cortisol. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, And I was also that one, if I didn't go to bed by 10 PM, I was wired and I could stay up and Party party to the cows came home at one o'clock in the morning, and that wasn't serving my body. And my favorite thing to do for women like that is, you know, yes, you know, we have to prioritize sleep, so making your bedtime a non-negotiable. And I know it's summer; everyone wants to stay up late, but getting to bed by nine p.m. And you know, the more most restorative sleep for those with burnout is between seven and nine a.m. And I know that sounds really late, but again, we're in the summer hours; kids aren't getting up for school, perhaps. Maybe a couple of days out of the week, you can sleep beyond 7 a.m. and have you know more grace on yourself to not have to get up and do it all
0: mm-hmm. right at
1: 5 a.m. And you'll find you know you start prioritizing sleep. You know again start working on that nutrition component, which again is really hard when you're tired. So this is when I a lot of times will use strategic supplementation. Um, I always say you know supplements can act like medications and put a band aid on something, but when I use supplements, I use them to. Basically help your body, you know, in this instance, giving a woman a little bit more energy so she can maybe get up 15 minutes earlier than usual without feeling as exhausted and, you know, have a little more pep in her step throughout the day. So, you know, my favorite supplements to start pretty much all women are a B complex. That's a really nice array of all of the B vitamins that B vitamins actually get depleted with, with stress. So we're just actually giving our body back, you know, what we're, we're missing. And, if, and before I talk about supplements, I'm, I'm a huge lover of whole food nutrition, but again, we're talking with women about women that have burnout and that may not be making the healthiest food choices to begin with. So if we're eating a you know diet higher in processed packaged foods with lots of added sugars, you know, and refined foods, they actually have a lot of the nutrients taken out of them. So I actually always start my clients on a B complex. Magnesium is wonderful as a natural muscle relaxant and anti-inflammatory it just makes you feel calmer. Um, and then my other, my third Actually, I have two other favorite ones. Number three is L theanine, which is an amino acid from green tea that helps calm you without making you feel sedated. And I always say it's like the natural Xanax. And the reason I love it for burnout is generally speaking, we're dealing with women who are really stressed about something, right? So you know, taking a nice dose of that in the morning will help them actually feel less stressed, more calm and more focused to get through their day of knowing what exactly they have to mark off their to-do list. And the fourth for most women, especially those that are wired tired is something called an adrenal gland adaptogen. Now these are supplements that are actually the herbs that will adapt your cortisol for where it has to be. So for instance, in the morning, if your cortisol is low, it will boost up your cortisol and in the evening hours, it will lower your cortisol if your cortisol is high. And my favorite of those is something called ashwagandha. And that actually also helps with libido because a lot of times stress, you know, impacts your libido. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, for the evening time, uh, evening time cortisol, I generally love phosphatidyl serine, mm-hmm. which will lower your, your nighttime, my current sleep stack. Cause again, I I'm like you, I just came out of this really stressful time. I take a anositol, which I know is great for PCOS. Um, but it's also great for restful sleep to take a little melatonin and my phosphatidylserine as well, because, you know, I, I find that once we sort of slow women down a little bit and get back into their bodies to see exactly how are you feeling? You know, that's part of the awareness key. Like, you know, we've been running around for a year saying, Oh my gosh, we, you know, we don't know what's going on. And, you know, we're so stressed, like start slowing down and just like, how does your body feel? And how do you want it to feel? And, you know, one of those, one of the, so when you start kind of going back down that pathway again, after you start feeling a little bit better, you will know what's coming and what you have to do to get back to your starting place.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's great advice. I, I just wanted to also draw attention to the fact that so many women with PCOS are on the birth control pill Uh and metformin, which both deplete nutrients like B12, which can really cause like energy issues. Um, And then we often often tend to be really low in vitamin D, which I think Mm -hmm. a a lot of women find supplementing with vitamin D really helps with that energy level. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just wanted to ask you about the Ayurvedic herb. Um, It's kind of like ashwagandha, but it's um, more for, I guess, more prescribed, I guess, for females, shatavari. I I know that has something that has helped me with libido, and just
1: curious if that's something that you've used with your patients. I have not, um, mm-hmm. but that's great. You know, I'm always I always what's so interesting about what I do now uh, versus what I used to be like as an ob is I always I'm always learning. <laughs> so like you just taught me something. I'm like, well, maybe I'll look into that um, because what I find and I so I've not used that with my clients. Um, but what I have found is that everyone's different. You know, this, what what I practice is personalized medicine, individualized care, and, you know, no two regimens fit every woman. So what fits one, you know, will not fit another. And it's really great to just have those resources in my back pocket say, Oh yeah, well, that's not helping. Let's try this because At the end of the day, when, again, we're talking about burnout, especially we got it. We have to empower women to feel a little bit more energized, a little bit better to take that next step to eat a little bit better, to prioritize sleep, to prioritize a little bit of movement in their body. Because if we're starting at, you know, ground zero, of like not having energy, get out of the bed in the morning. And we're talking, talking to them about, you know, eating real food and making meals. They're just going to shut down and not want to do anything. So, so thank you. No, I have not used that. I have to ignore. it.
0: So something that always really puzzles me and I I have to go for my annual OBGYN and I just go for that to conventional, she's not a, um, she's not a functional medicine doctor. You know, she's, she's very nice. And, you know, I get my, my annual pap, Uh uh, but when she, you know, asks how things are going, um, I've noticed that she never, like libido is not one of the questions on like the um the survey <laughs> and why is it that th- that is kind of like it seems a little bit of a taboo subject um mm-hmm. when
1: you go to like your conven- conventional doctor yeah i can speak from experience from this because i i it was me for 15 years i didn't really know how to treat it mm-hmm. you know once again if we don't have something really good in a medication form we're, we we do not know what to do with it, you know? And, and, you know, when it comes to libido, it's more about like really digging deep of like, you know, I mean, as a doc, I talk about other things besides hormones. You know, I talk about your mindset. I talk about your relationship. Hello. Those mm-hmm. two are really key to mm-hmm. a good libido, but, and they may not be the whole picture. You know, again, we may have to add on hormones and, and adrenals and all that, But docs, you know, back when I was in OB-GYN and even currently, even probably more so now, they just don't have the time to counsel you about what are the necessary lifestyle measures that you have to take or, or even before that, like why, you know, let's, let's delve into some of the factors that are going on with, with Amy, you know, what's, how's your, how's your relationship? How are you feeling about yourself? You know, how are you feeling in your body? You know, a lot of women over the past year have gained weight and they're feeling less comfortable in their skin. And you know, again, we are, we are, we treated the past year, you know, it was very stressful for a lot of people. We turned to more comfort foods, foods that we don't normally eat. We're a lot, we're home a lot more, you know, that uncertainty of the future. And I think a lot of people, even when they were eating healthier prior to the pandemic started eating and eating more foods that they don't normally eat and and exercising less because gyms closed. Oh my gosh, what do I do now? Now everyone has a home gym. So, you know, I think that, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Number one, they don't know really what to do with it. And number two, they really don't have time. They have that five minutes with you. And, you know, they're just telling you right now, Amy, I, I, from that, from that world, they're just hoping you come in and say, everything's fine. And when you measure that libido, you're like, oh no, she said that L word (laughs) because they don't know, you know, number one, that signals that you're going to want to talk about it more. And they just don't have time to do the counseling. And again, they don't really have, A great magic pill, and maybe if they do have a new FDA-approved pill, number one, you know, one, that's all they have. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you when you fail that, then they don't know what to do. You know, it's essentially you're just going to have to live with it. I don't know how many women I have have come to me in my messages and such and said, you know, my GYN says see a sex therapist, or my GYN says you're just going to have to live with it, or my but this is the best one, my GYN says it's normal, and I'm like, what? You know, and that's why I'm on this, you know, on my, my soapbox preaching about this right now, because when we just aren't talking about it and when we do, we're told it's normal. So women continue to go back to not talking about it because they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm 40, I'm 48, you know, like I, if you told me that low libido is with the rest of my life and I, I would, I'd be like, oh my gosh, no way. You know, I can't, how do I have connection with my, my spouse, you know, but um, it's, it's not, it, it's common as we get older or after having children, but because of all of the other factors that play into a low libido, you know, the whole, you know, I've been married 17 years. How's my relationship? You know, I'm 48. How are my female, female hormones? How is my insulin? How are my adrenals and, and burnout, you know, factor, um, you know, other thing we didn't talk about are toxins. You know, I have at the age of 48 had a huge toxic load over my lifetime, you know, until my eyes opened up about functional medicine, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was living a very toxic life. So cumulatively after all of those years, you know, I have a lot of chronic daily detoxing to do to get rid of. And not only that introducing, you know, cleaner personal care products and and food and all of that. So I don't my hormonal imbalance at the age of 48. So, you know, I do think you may not don't number one, try not to get frustrated with your gynecologist she's doing, or he's doing their best with the information that they have. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are like, well, why don't they just do the research? They are exhausted and they don't have time. You know, what they're researching is the next, next best drug to help you with your next symptom that you come in with and all the side effects, you know, my medical school education was primarily pharmacology, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. medications and you know, what medication you use for what. So, you know, healthcare is really just a protocol. It's an algorithm. Like you have this symptom, you get this drug, you have this diagnosis, you get this drug. And when you can't really be fit into a box, it's really hard to get you well. That's such a great point. Um, you know, I, I love that,
0: uh, that you really took on, um, your own health and in this journey, you know, now you're helping other women. And I find that, that women that had like, start like thought out a of the, the conventional box, mm-hmm. um, the, I'm, I'm having a hard time framing my thought here, but that that's what it takes to get well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like it's the women that are like our age, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to be 50. We, we kind of have taken, um, you know, what is available as the answer, you know, mm-hmm. we've dug and now we're like charting a new course for like the younger generations, you know, our daughters, right. I'm, I've, I just feel so hopeful for her as my, my daughter's going to, is going to be 13 this year. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that both of us have charted a new path, uh, for our daughters in terms of how they're going to manage their hormone health down the road.
1: I t- absolutely agree. You know, I actually, my, my daughter's going to be 14. She, I have twins, a boy and a girl. And, you know, when she didn't really hit puberty or breast development at the age of even 13, I was really, I was celebrating because, mm-hmm. you know, I saw so many girls as a, even at GYN really before I knew about functional medicine, like coming in with really early puberty, really early, like seven, eight. And I'm like, what, you know, I started seeing, like asking questions, like what is going on out there? These girls are not taking any hormones, you know, like what is in our food or what is in the personal care products that is, and, and, and obviously obesity was was playing a part as well, but you know, what was it? And, you know, that's when I started asking questions, even before I embarked in functional medicine of like, wow, two, two things I was seeing an abrupt rise in infertility and premature uh, puberty. And I just had to start scratching my head, like, Whoa, what is going on here with, with our food? Like what is out there? You know, at that point I wasn't asking the strategic questions that we're asking now, like what's in our food and what's in what we're putting on our bodies. But, and like you said, you know, I am so much more knowledgeable now to the point where my daughter, you know, is educated on, on healthier foods and, um, yes. and, and in personal care products and what mm-hmm. to not to put on her body ideally, you know, she's a kid too. And so it's not always perfect, but I do consider, I celebrate every day that we, we just embarked on puberty at the, almost the age of 14. So like, that was good. You know, cause I kept holding my breath going, Oh gosh, how, how even that five years prior to, you know, me sort of coming into this world, like what, I don't want to say what harm, I don't want to scare anyone out there, you know, but like ignorance is not always bliss. Like you really, the education's out there and, you know, by m- my taking control of my own health and educating myself, you know, I could just pass it down to generations to come, including her and my son and my husband, of course. Yeah. And, and I I love that you brought up detoxification because I think
0: you're absolutely right. I, I do like a liver cleanse um, several times a year. It's called my sparkle cleanse. And I definitely after, and I call it sparkle because I, I feel like lighter and brighter and have a, like a joie de vivre. And I I do think that those toxins are kind of um, clouding, um, you know, our, our, joy of life and, and that's plays right into libido. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, so uh, libido is just so multifactorial, you know, again, mindset, relationship, um, stress, nutrition, you know, and I know you probably, you talk about this a lot with, in regards to PCOS as well. And you know, that it it affects every component of our life, Mm -hmm. what we're putting in our body and, um, you know, And our mood, you know, mood issues. And a lot of that is coming during perimenopause and all our own natural hormonal fluctuations that are going on Are bringing about a lot of mood changes, um, that are hard to, you know, hard to control and definitely will impact our libido. So like when we're looking at the libido, we just have to really pull back and look at the big picture of exactly what's going on in our lives. And I want you to tell us
0: more about the resources that you have, because I know that you have some great free guides on your Mm -hmm. site. You have a podcast. Um, If this is a topic that listeners want
1: to dive in deeper, you're definitely um, a great resource. Yeah, I'm all over. You know, again, I want to talk about this because there may be someone listening to this that gets this aha moment from something we just talked about and it's free, it's a free resource. And she got that aha. Maybe it's not just one, maybe it's like three things. And she's like, Oh, that, that, and that. I'm gonna work on that. And you know, voila, you know, not voila overnight, but like it's hopefully her libido is gonna improve. So I make it my mission to essentially be all over social media. So I'm Dr. Renee Wallenstein across all platforms, including TikTok.
0: Because oh, you. You know,
1: yeah, if I can get a 15 second video out there and change a woman's life, I'm going to do it. Um, and so it's really uh, actually allowed me to hone in on my skills of trying to get a message across succinctly in 15 seconds, which I'm a talker. So, <laughs> um, and I'm a t- I'm a lifelong learner and a teacher. So I'm always studying this libido and and in my clients and what's going on with them and what's helping them. So. Um, I do have a YouTube as well, Dr. Renee Wallenstein and a podcast love to leap with Dr. Renee, which is more of a holistic health podcast. But I have to say, you know, when we look again, at even libido, it's, it's all of the things pretty much that I cover on the podcast, again, support, you know, a better libido and gosh, where else am I? That's, I, and then I have a free resource. Yes. 100 libido boosting foods, which. And a little bonus in there with some, um, herbs that were, are going to actually help improve your libido as well. So we can give your listeners that link to get it for themselves.
0: That sounds great. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. So you can come to PCOSdiva.com and find this interview with Dr. Renee and get those, um, the, those great freebies. Um, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast too. Cause I love, I love learning about holistic health and, um, have really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Yeah. You as well. And Amy, if you have time, get yeah, come on my podcast. This oh, been- I would love that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I want to thank everybody for taking the time out of your day to listen. And I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. So she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcusdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health.